Welcome to part two of Kelsey Barrett, When Truth Must Speak. I will now continue with my interview with Kelsey's friend, Nicole. I think we'll learn a lot more um, as the as the details continue. Yeah, for sure, for sure, because they're not going to show all their cards at the preliminary. Do you think that Kelsey's parents will attend the trial? Um, I I would think probably so. Mm-hmm. I haven't talked to them about it. I I can't imagine wanting to attend. I think that would be I the know. world. But I thought um, about them being at that preliminary, and I asked. Um, Mike's wife if she was if they were there and she said no we didn't see them and I was like well thank god because how could you sit through that I I don't know this for sure but it's possible that her dad was there um I know because of Kaylee you know with Cheryl having the baby um it that would be very difficult to to drive all the way down there with the baby and then you know find the oh yeah hearing so for um, sure those Cheryl did stay home but um I think Daryl may may have been there because you know if the family doesn't show up then that just raises more questions unfortunately in the public's eyes right you're kind of damned if you do and you're damned if you don't in a situation like that yeah those poor people um what kind of what kind of relationship did Kelsey have with her parents they were very close in fact um I remember thinking this is long before I even had kids when I was first married and I moved back to Moses Lake. Um, I would see Kelsey and her mom going out to, to lunch together. I, I ran into them at a, at a little cafe in, in Moses Lake one day and I thought, I hope I have a relationship like that with my daughter someday. I mean, that's just something that every mother daughter wants to have. And they, they had it. They were just, just connected to the hip basically. Mm. Um, and she was very close with her with her brother and dad as well, but there was a real special bond between Kelsey and her mom. Um, what was it like, you know, growing up and, and going over there and, and what's her family unit like with her brother and her parents? Um, they're a very tight knit family. Um, the, the Barrett family as a whole um, tends to be more behind the scenes. They're, they're pretty quiet people. So, I mean, when I saw Cheryl do her first interview on national television, I was just blown away at her strength to be able to do that. Mm-hmm. That's a hard to do for anybody, but especially knowing Cheryl, um, she had to really gather some, some, some strength and had to be praying big time before she did that because that's, that's not an easy thing for anybody, like I said, but she, they're a very quiet family. They, they don't like being in the spotlight, even when it's a good thing. So that was very difficult. There, yeah, there was a lot of chatter on social media after her interview aired, and there was a lot of people kind of criticizing Cheryl um, for being, you know, kind of, um, I don't want to say secretive, but maybe uh, not really outspoken about details with what was going on with Kelsey, which made people believe and, and kind of speculate that they weren't very close that her mom really didn't know what was going on there in Colorado. And it sounds like it's the opposite of that. Very much so. They, I mean, it's, it's a long distance from North Idaho to Colorado, and yet they would make the drive there multiple times a year to spend time with Kelsey. And Kelsey would, would fly home quite often to be with, with her family. They um, would so drive all the way from, from Washington. Yes. 
Wow. Her her dad does not like airplanes, which is mm. kind of ironic because Kelsey is yeah. so, <laughs> such a devoted pilot. Mm -hmm. um, he does not like flying, so they would they would drive more often than not. Wow, that's a hike. So, did they ever meet Patrick? Uh, yeah, I'm I'm sure they did. Mm -hmm. Do we know why Kelsey and Patrick didn't live together, or did they ever live together when she moved out there? Um, as far as I know, they never lived together. But I didn't. Again, you know, I didn't keep real close tabs on her after she moved to Colorado um, you know just different lives you know that's a, about the time that I was in the middle of having my babies and mm -hmm. so I yeah a whole lot um, but I mean I would assume for myself knowing that he lived with his mom and it, you know not a huge place I probably wouldn't want to live I mean I love my mother-in-law but I wouldn't want to live um, you know the multiple family thing going on there mm -hmm. so, mm -hmm. it's just yeah. interesting that they were engaged but they didn't reside together. Mm -hmm. And I just kind of wondered if there was any insight on that, if he didn't want to leave his mom's house or if it was easier for him because of what he did for a living, you know, to be right there, you know, whatever. Yeah, I think there's probably multiple factors there. You know, not only the, the multi-generations multi living together, mm -hmm. but, um, you know, I also have horses and, you know, animals it, it's very difficult to live apart from them and still care for them because you can't you have to feed them twice a day at least to, to make sure that they're well taken care of mm -hmm, um, mm -hmm. and so he had horses as well as cattle so you know living in the same vicinity as as the livestock is, is right that makes sense pretty demanding thing that makes um, sense and then then the other factor too it could have been part of you know Kelsey's belief system. It's it's very common in the Seventh Day Adventist Church to not live together before you're married. Gotcha. You okay. Maybe together, but um, it could be something that maybe she. Well, I know she wasn't planning on having a baby yet, so I can just you know maybe imagine the circumstances around there that she had changed that her mind on certain things. Yeah, that makes sense. That makes sense, and maybe he didn't like that. You know, was she pretty, pretty independent, Kelsey? Yeah, pretty independent she, girl? Yeah, and that's, that's something special about her character as well. She was very shy and very timid, or not, mm -hmm. not timid. She was very, very shy and quiet. Um, and typically when you meet someone like that, you just automatically assume that they're timid and that they um, have a weak character. But that wasn't Kelsey. She was very strong-willed. And she was, you know, if she believed something, um, you better believe she was going to tell you why. Mm. And she, even though she wasn't the upfront person, she wasn't um, super loud. She she knew what she believed, and she had a she had a very strong character. I kind of see that in her mom too. Her mom seems like she's quiet, yet you can tell that she was on a mission to find her daughter and find out what what went on there. You know, and you even know now that she made those phone calls to Patrick. What's going on? Where is Kelsey? You know, she wasn't just sitting back, you know, being a meek little mouse waiting, you know, for him to come to her. She was, she was seeking out information from him. Well, and, and uh, yeah, exactly. That's a, that's a great, um, um, great thing you picked up on there. She, she found out on Sunday, December 2nd, uh, that she had called Patrick on that day saying, Hey, what's going on? Why haven't I heard from Kelsey? Um, and he gave her the story. 
and she was down there the next day. She was, she was going to get to the bottom of it. She wasn't mm -hmm. just going to say, oh, well, he says such and such will wait, you know. She, she wasn't buying it. Yeah, she wasn't buying it. It's that mother's intuition. Mm -hmm. She knew something wasn't right. It was out of character for Kelsey. Yeah. So there was another thing that I've read a lot of people talk about is the fact that she didn't hear from her daughter in 10 days. And that was another reason why they assumed that there wasn't such a tight relationship there. Mm -hmm. And well, I think I mean, that, live, yeah, go ahead. Yeah, they, they live so far apart. I mean, mm -hmm. I, I literally 10 minutes from my mom and we might go a few days without talking and, and she's not over there worrying that I've gone missing. And right. if, if I was living alone and if I didn't have a support system, then maybe she would keep closer tabs on me. But, you know, coming from Cheryl's standpoint, you know, Kelsey's got her fiance. She's got her, her job. She's got people down there that she's in connection with. So, you know, Cheryl's probably thinking, you know, if something, if she's missing, someone's going to ask me. And right. Who, and why would Cheryl have ever imagined that she would go missing? You know, exactly. Yeah. if something was happening or something was wrong with Kelsey and Kelsey was able to, she would have called her mom. Exactly. And that's another key point is if there had been something suspicious, she probably would have been keeping in closer contact with her on a daily mm -hmm. basis just to check in but she wasn't concerned about anything. Everything mm -hmm. seemed to Right. So knowing that her and her mom were close and she probably talks to her mom about everything, mm -hmm. if she felt in danger or felt like she was being sought out or there were weird things happening, we can probably assume that she would have talked to Cheryl about that and said, you know, mom, I feel really weird. This lady came to my door. This, you know, it gave me a weird feeling. Mm -hmm. I think it's kind of safe to say that maybe she just chalked it up. I mean, we, she had a, a one-year-old, mm -hmm. you know, and we all know what it's like having a one-year-old. You're running all over the place and you're busy and you work. And I'm sure that, you know, she had the baby going to a babysitter or some kind of a daycare while she worked. And, you know, there's only so much time in a day mm -hmm. to get things done. And I know what it's like having little ones and maybe she just brushed it off because Mike did say in defense of that, because I thought it was strange. I was like, if, my, if someone walked up to my door, I would think it was weird. But he said, you don't understand. That's how it is here. That's what people do. It's not out of the ordinary and it's not strange. It's, it's common practice here. It's a small town. Um, and that's just what people do for each other. Mm -hmm. You know, and even his wife vouched for that. She's like, I've done that for people. And I said, but a coffee? I mean, I can see, you know, like when I moved into my house, my neighbor brought over an apple cake that she made. And welcome to the neighborhood. There was a purpose for it. So I didn't understand the dog story. But Mike did say, you know, bringing your neighbor something, even to just introduce yourself, is normal practice there. Mm -hmm. So in Kelsey's defense, she probably just chalked it up as, you know, this is how this little close-knit community is yeah and, and and she was raised in a much smaller community than that right um, warden, warden washington is is you know almost not on the map um, right warden is right next to moses lake so you basically it's one in the same um so that I mean, might be something that she would be a little accustomed to or people you yeah. know looking out for one another and and being nice and friendly and neighborly absolutely yeah 
Um, and you know, it brings me back to when I was telling you about the four wheelers. Um, I've always kind of had this, this vision of Kelsey. Um, when I look at the Fraze family, the Frazee family, I see, you know, some pretty, uh, strong, you know, burly, burly women, like Crystal is burly. His mother's burly, you know, they're whatever they do. I don't know anything about ranching, but they're, they're roping cows. Is it? Mm -hmm. <laughs> I don't know what they do. I know they have cows, horses and all that, all of that. She was out on four wheelers with Patrick, you know, herding cattle. Um, I pictured her to be a petite little, you know, girly girl. And we chatted a little bit before and you said, no, she grew up on a farm. Yeah, yeah. She she grew up on, I don't even know, probably hundreds of acres of hay wow. farms. So she was out there driving cattle, or driving cattle, driving tractors, bucking bales, which that's the term for when you pick up bales and move them. Uh, she was not a weak, <laughs> no. she was not a weak girl. Um, and then on top of that, you know, we, we were out camping and out white, white water rafting. And um, she was a, she took care of herself and very active and, you know, was always cognizant of her appearance but um that definitely does not mean that she was weak or um you know a prissy prissy girl because she was not at all right no that's really interesting i think that's that speaks a lot of i've never you know heard anything about kelsey's personal life and you know the types of things that she grew up doing and it's fascinating to hear that she grew up on a farm and she was out there doing you know as a farmhand yeah and yeah. And she's a tough girl. She's a tough girl, but she was also very pretty. Yeah. Some of my favorite memories from when we were kids is, you know, like I said, I would have sleepovers at their house. And during the day, we'd go explore the farm and where there would be irrigation canals that were probably 10 or 12 feet wide and four or five feet deep. Not, not anything dangerous, but there'd be just a tiny little metal pipe going across. And Clint and Kelsey would just run across that pipe and you know, and I'd be like you know trying to balance my way across yeah. and they're talking chicken on the thing trying to knock each other into the water um, you know this is when we're 10 11 12 you know yeah uh, she was not some prissy little girl she she was she kind was of a tomboy huh she got oh, she yeah. got dirty with her brother and <laughs> that's cute that's cute her and her brother were pretty close mm -hmm. yes very close in fact it was it was pretty cute when when they were in a new situation around new people they're both very shy you know typically mm -hmm. in a family one will be the outgoing one and the other one will kind of hide behind but they would they would be like stuck together trying to hide behind each other oh. <laughs> <laughs> like you talk first no you talk first exactly that's exactly that's how cute. it is um and typical siblings they could fight i have a brother that's two years older and we would fight so hard and you know just like you know Clinton Kelsey were too but then they were best friends at the same time so that's you know, someone yeah. that has an older sibling you can understand that that connection you you can't I, that's that's my version of best friend material if you can fight <laughs> if you can really duke it out and then be yeah. um telling secrets secrets the next day you're you're pretty close yeah absolutely it sounds like a very nice family very nice close-knit family Mm -hmm. very tragic for them to to lose her Absolutely. I'm sure it's like just it's never going to be the same for them and my heart goes out to them 
That's, that's real. And, you know, and it's, it's always the, these people that are so, so good and, and have no ill will towards anybody and, and something like this happens and it's just so disheartening. But um, let's see, we talked about Kelsey never expressed any fear, obviously, to her mom or her mom would have. Because her mom said in the interview um, that there was no problems that she knew of. Yeah. Yeah, she, um, as far as I know, she she didn't suspect Patrick right off the bat. You know, they, they trusted him, apparently, you know. Never had any reason not to trust him. Wow. People yeah, can sure hide who they are, can't they? They really can. Yeah, it's 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 scary. <laughs> it really is. And I bet you her mom was suspicious when um, she butt dialed Kelsey. I don't know if you heard those details. She said that I she did. butt dialed Kelsey and then got a text back and said, I'll call you later or something like that. Mm -hmm. And then she never got a call. So I'm sure she thought that might have been a little, yeah, or maybe, maybe, she, maybe I mean, I forget to call my mom all the time. <laughs> she, true, yeah. you get caught up doing stuff and you're like, oh, shoot, I forgot to call my mom. Yeah. Yeah. And she was, she was a very busy girl. I mean, she had a full-time job as a flight instructor. Mm -hmm. um, and from what Patrick says, she apparently was studying for some things, so I don't know what she was studying for, but so if she's you know, working a full-time job as well as studying and, you know, having, raising a one-year-old, you know, I, I'm busy and I've got a husband that can to help me out here. He's a work from right. home, you know, real estate agent. So right. I can't try to do it um, by myself. It sounds like they were doing some kind of like custody swap, like visitation swap between the two of them. Yeah. I don't, I don't know what any of that was about. I mean, I do know that during the day when she was working, the baby was with Patrick. So they, oh, she so she didn't have to go to daycare. She was with him. Correct, because Patrick worked for himself. He was a farrier. That's the person that trims horse hooves and puts shoes on the horse horse hooves. Um, so he would take her with him to to his different trimming appointments. I think I heard a neighbor or somebody talk about him bringing the baby with him. Mm -hmm. Oh wow. Yeah. Kelsey I guess I didn't realize that was like an, you know, something they did every day that he took the baby every day. Mm -hmm. So I guess it's safe to assume that Sheila Fraze was around that baby a lot. Mm -hmm. Most if, likely. If she was, you know, they were watching her. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Wow. Depending on, I don't know what Patrick's schedule was like, but you know, if he was, you know, making a full-time income, it's, uh, it's a farrier is a, I, I have horses as well. So I understand that the mm -hmm. job, it's hard work and they're gone all day. They're here, you know, early morning appointments to late at night if he was working that full time. So oh, really? I could see, you know, he probably wasn't sitting around at home. He was probably taking her here and there. And, you know, I don't, this is all speculation because I don't yeah. I never met Patrick or his his mom right right we did it's just hear that he would bring some of his customers have said you know that he brought the baby mm -hmm. uh, oh wow I guess I didn't realize that I didn't realize that he had her while Kelsey worked wow mm -hmm. how is Kelsey's family doing now you know with everything that's come out and now that we know it's going to go to trial mm -hmm. you know as you can imagine and this is worst case scenario to lose your daughter to murder. But um, I 
I live fairly close to to Daryl and Cheryl, and so and we were you know very close before this even happened. So I've tried to keep in touch with them as much as I can, and honestly, I'm just blown away with how um, how well they're handling things. I mean, not not that it's easy by any means, again, but um, there has just been a whole community of people that have been praying for them, and they have voiced on several occasions that they feel those prayers and they they really feel the support of their church family and the community and even i think strangers on the internet that have um that have really taken a burden to this issue mm-hmm. people are praying that are just completely complete strangers to the Barrett family um and and those are making an impact uh, it's nice really the incredible power of prayer that is that's upholding them because um no no human mind can handle this um easily for sure and not that it's easy for them at all but um cheryl will post things on her facebook page you know say about you know looking for the blessing and things rather than than the things that bring you down and, what a good uh, outlook to have yeah and and one thing that she posted from the very beginning before they even had any answers was you know when when the train goes through a dark tunnel you don't you know question the conductor and jump off you you trust you trust the the, the train conductor and ride it through um and that's exactly that's her faith in god that's her faith in god coming out and that's exactly. what she's getting her strength from yeah yeah, yeah. And, and i'm just i'm so thankful a million times over that they had that faith in god before yeah. all this happened because where do you turn you know where do you turn mm-hmm. It's, it's, it's good to know that they do have that faith and they do have that, the strength from the community and, you know, probably their, their church. Yeah. And, and another thing that's a little different about um, the Seventh-day Adventist church, there's a lot of people that may not know this, but um, from the biblical understanding of what happens when someone dies is not that they're immediately in heaven or hell, but that they're in a state of sleep. So understanding that mindset of hmm. uh, their, their daughter's just been murdered. Um, they know she's not in pain. She's not looking down from heaven, agonizing over her daughter being raised without her. Hmm. Um, she's, she's asleep. She's at peace. Um, and her family knows that. Interesting. Yeah. I never knew that. I never knew that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's, it's not a real well-known thing, but, um, but it's, you know, when Jesus raised Lazarus from the dead, before he raised him, he said, Lazarus is asleep. You know, and multiple times throughout the Bible, uh, death is related to being in a state of sleep. So un- until Jesus comes back the second time, she's going to be, she's going to be sleeping. Into- and a lot of people don't know about the seventh day religion. You know, they don't know. A lot of people haven't even, like, what is that? You know? Mm-hmm. And the only reason I know was because I worked for um, Florida Hospital and they were, they were owned by the, they're a Seventh-day Adventist church. So we had, there were certain things like I came in and it's like, okay, they don't serve meat in the cafeteria and we couldn't wear open-toed shoes. You know, there was just these, these little rules. And I was like, wait, what's this? What's Seventh-day Adventist? What, what are we, you know? And so it was all new to me, but I don't know anything about, you know, those type of beliefs. I just knew kind of the social end of the belief system. So that's interesting, interesting to hear that 
that probably brings them a lot of peace. <laughs> that wouldn't be heaven if you're up there um, watching all this agony going on and you're just, you know, longing to be, you know, even when nothing's going on and you're away from your kids, it's terrible, yeah. it's gut-wrenching. But, um, but she's asleep and she's, she's going to see her, her daughter again. And, and That's a very to peaceful her. way to accept it. Yeah, absolutely. Oh. Well, my thoughts and prayers go out to her family and to you and her, all her friends that I'm sure are missing her and, and knowing that you won't be able to talk to her again. That's, that's the worst part. You know, I've lost a close friend to a drunk driving accident. So I know that feeling where you feel like, oh, I, sh I should, I should text her, especially now that you guys both had kids, you know, there's probably times that have come up for you like that too. Oh and, yeah. I'll, I'll be scrolling through my phone and her name pops up and and just, you know, just out of reaction. Oh, I wonder what Kelsey's doing. Right. Yep. That, those little triggers, those little triggers. And it's going to be hard for her, for her parents as, you know, those little triggers hit and all the firsts, the first yeah. holidays and, and celebrations and things like that without her being involved is going to be really hard. Yeah. So, Mother's Day, Father's Day is coming up. You know, I yeah. just brought that up yesterday. Um, but so keep your prayers coming. <laughs> they they yeah. really they really are making a difference and um, there's, there's nothing better that we could be doing than to be praying. Yep. Um, and as far as the justice part goes, you know, it's, it's, nobody knows the outcome until it's, until it's done. I mean, it's anybody's game at this point. We don't know yep. how things are work out, but again, we know who the final judge is yep. and someone's going to pay for it in the end. And there's going to be no questions about what's right and what's wrong. Mm -hmm. So, um, you know, there will be justice for Kelsey, hopefully on this earth, but for sure, um, for sure in eternity. Thank you for sharing all of that with me. I know it's not easy and you hold yourself together quite well. You really do. And I know she's very special to you. I don't want to make you cry, but I know that she's very special to you. I can tell. And, and just the fact that you're being strong and you're speaking out just because you want people to know who your friend was. And I think that's very commendable. Well, and I, at this point in time, it's been what, December, January, February, you know, three months since she first went missing. Mm -hmm. There's been a lot, a lot of tears shed. So oh, I'm sure. Point, um, I, I've mostly cried them all out, but they, it still does creep up every now and then. Oh yeah. It comes I've in waves. I've done a million interviews too. So that, that kind of, it puts me in a place of kind of being numb. And I, I don't like that, but at the same time, it does help me talk about it. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. About who, she, who she was. So that's, that's yeah. Well, you mean. have a, you have a meaning to, you know, a, a purpose for doing interviews and that's a, it's a good purpose. Mm -hmm. It's not about getting the story. It's about getting the word out because everybody's talking about this case mm -hmm. and getting the word out to those people of, you know, and standing up for your friend. Mm -hmm. And I think, yeah. I think that's awesome. And I would only hope that I could have a friend like you, if I was in that position to, to stand up and speak out for me too. Oh, thank you. That means a lot. Yeah. Well, thanks so much for talking with me. You're welcome. I, I, I really appreciate it. I really appreciate yeah. it. Well, I appreciate you being on here. And like I said, you know, all of us will be praying for everybody, you know, throughout this trial. And as you know, go through that, that's going to be a difficult time. So thank you. All right. Well, thanks, Nicole.
You're welcome. Have a good night. You too.